Welcome to the Visegrad Inside podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. Okay, uh, so I'm Gigimantas Pavilonis. I'm International Secretary of the main Lithuanian ruling party, uh, Christian Democrats, Homeland Union. Uh, I'm a member of parliament, former ambassador of Lithuania in Washington, uh, D.C. And I uh, recommend uh, this Visegrad uh, podcast to all the listeners because it speaks always truth. Wishing all our listeners a happy start of the week. My name is Malik Banat, I am your host. And today we welcome back Wojtek Przybylski, who is back from Taipei, Taiwan, actually. Uh, for most of the week, Wojtek, we were separated by a seven-hour difference as you were at the Taiwan-Czechia-Ukraine Forum, organized by the European Values Center, a Czech-based think tank. Now, it is an interesting name for a conference. What specifically uh, do these countries mean as a combination, in tandem? Hi Malik, it's good to be back. Uh, although it was amazing time in Taipei indeed. Uh, for the past week I was at the 11th Global Assembly of the World Movement for Democracy. Uh, an event that brings together activists, journalists, uh, scholars, researchers, uh, think tankers, who uh, who work uh, in their respective countries and communities and and regions on on the topics related to democracy they uh, oftentimes they're amazing they're uh, nobel prize winners uh, they are uh, they're political prisoners formerly they are uh, they're front page characters of the of the global struggle for democracy and they come every now and then. That was the first time after the pandemic um, to uh, to share, uh, to network, to share their uh, experience, um, to to learn also from uh, from one another. And as Anne Applebaum was saying during the the conference, to to be on top of what has become more interconnected world in the struggle of democracies versus autocracies. Um, Anne Applebaum was saying that uh, indeed what we see is the international movement of nationalists, of autocrats all around the world. And it would be stupid uh, of, of the all the democratic uh, democratically mi- minded uh, people uh, not to be better interconnected and to support one another. So in that spirit, we've spent a, a couple of days uh, together with uh, over 200 people from all around the world, including many from Ukraine uh, and also many from Taiwan to reflect and to focus on um, on the past developments re- related to this struggle and the upcoming uh, battles that are ahead. Um, and the world movement for democracy themes were more or less general, but they had uh, a lot to do with the topics that we pick up also at Visegrad Insight in our regional focus. There were topics related to media, uh, freedoms and uh, subversion of the media uh, to the uh, political and democratic uh, processes that undermine or challenge democracies. But there were also stories of how democracies uh, are resilient, how they fight back, how they survive, how they grow stronger, um, thanks to some uh, sometimes unlikely transgressions. I was bringing uh, a story there um, 
uh, of 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 what we have seen in Central Europe, in particular in Poland, but also in Slovakia and Czech Republic and other countries of Central Eastern Europe, when um, when you see this movement of entrepreneurs also being involved in in refugee response in in supporting Ukrainians uh, fighting uh, the the Eastern European um autocracy which which uh, which is Russia and Belarus together this uh, this years yeah and this was so so uh, important and i think empowering to listen to these voices from from Venezuela from uh, from Afghanistan from Iraq from from Syria uh learning from one another and supporting one another telling to one another how important it is and it was not only because of the uh, let's say uh, psychological well-being but there were clear examples of how the war in Ukraine is taking some of the burden off the shoulders of Syrians uh with the examples of um of the fighters of the Wagner group as we all well know uh Wagner fighters uh, mercenaries are uh, pulled out of Serbia, Syria to to fight against Ukraine and Ukrainians are killing those fighters or capturing them uh they take them off from the from the uh, theater of war in Syria or in other places in Africa um and um and they uh, are showing and they are demonstrating that uh, the struggles of uh, Ukrainians are global struggles against uh, a web of interconnected and uh, closely cooperating autocratic regimes so that was the main thing uh, the the global assembly of the of the world movement for democracy uh, and aside of which uh, there was the uh, the forum the taiwanese czech ukrainian forum organized by European values think tank and that that was also so important uh, for Taiwanese uh, at both events we had uh, senior uh, senior level uh, government officials and and experts at the at the main events uh, uh, of the global assembly we had the prime uh, we had the president of Taiwan we had um, minister of foreign affairs and we had a minister of digital affairs and at the side event that um, uh, that we are mentioning there were also senior level government officials from taiwan looking at the case of how democracies may support each other how they can learn from one another when actually it's not only about hybrid uh, attack uh, some subversive action but a full frontal scale uh, war in which uh, the damage is is done to to the substance of the nation to the people and the um and 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 the buildings and infrastructures which um which in the ukrainian case uh is is a big learning opportunity for taiwanese um i was there just uh, days after the uh the communist party of china uh ended its congress uh giving uh full and unexpectedly so full powers um for Z, uh, Xi Jinping to uh to control the country's destiny for uh for a foreseeable future probably until he dies 
and uh, and also inscribed in its uh, constitution a bold ambition to to take over control of Taiwan and to unite it um, as it was previously declared by by Chinese, but now officially it's been stated in in the law in the fundamental law of of China. So Taiwanese, uh, after observing. Uh, not very long ago, not long ago, uh, missiles flying over uh, their island in response to Nancy Pelosi visit. Uh, they they started to uh, to take bold steps to internationalize their perilous situation to seek uh, not only uh, the level of solidarity to their nation but also to share solidarity. And as I was in Taiwan, uh, we we have heard news about, and the newest announcement came about Taiwan investing in support for Ukrainians, in investing um, in in uh, coordinated um, uh, action with Central European countries, uh, with uh, with opening new new program in the Warsaw office for Ukrainians. And in that context, also the conference uh, uh, took place, um, organized by our Czech colleagues, uh, with with uh, Czech the representative of the Czech bureau uh, in Taiwan, uh, opening this uh, this conference, and and having several high level speakers, including chairman of the Lithuanian parliament, chairman of the EU affairs, and and. Uh, um, Deputy Chairman of the Foreign Affairs, who you'll listen to in, in this podcast. Um, uh, speaking of the strategy of Central European countries towards Russia, towards uh, Ukraine, in this response that we see now, and trying to, um, to help uh, Taiwanese also prepare in or rather understand how the preparation has been going and what may be decisive for their successful resistance um hopefully without uh immediate military development maybe military attack uh but for that to be really uh, in place uh, the main message has been be prepared show uh, resolve in uh, in defending the the territory defending uh, the country's independence and freedoms and taiwanese uh, as we hear also from the president of the Pro, uh, of the prospect foundation from taiwan uh, are are taking these lessons very seriously and they're uh, they're changing their mindset from um, something that you would uh, call perhaps uh, even uh, pacifist at times as they fought for their democracy against a military dictatorship in the past and uh, for the past 30 years uh, they've been developing into the most successful one of the most successful democracies around the world and now they have to stand up uh, to the challenge to the immediate uh, challenge of autocratic china that wants to uh, demolish this system and probably uh, also, just like in the Russian-Ukrainian case, because Taiwanese system so democratic and so uh, oriented to be interconnected with the um, world order uh, is, is also so Chinese and so easily translatable uh, for, for Chinese 
on the mainland, which is a direct threat to an autocratic regime. Um, so that's that's a brief account, uh, maybe not so brief overall, but uh, that's why I was there. That's why I think it is so important to to look beyond our region in uh, in understanding the security challenge and to see also how the um, how these challenges are in in material sense interconnected. One of the examples of uh, of how it is so that that Czech Republic and then Lithuania and Baltic states were disconnecting from the 17 plus one initiative of China uh, was was that they were uh, able to put together both the big values, the big, big slogans, and the realization that the jo- uh, global supply chains that link to the chip productions, essential for the car production that Central, their Central European specialty in, uh, you know, the, the competitive edge uh, of Central Europe uh, in the global economy, that these these two elements are coming actually uh, as an interplay of of uh, of interests and values, um, and that, that's why uh, they need to be protected. And they make sense to be protected at the same time. You know, just actually about a year ago today. You spoke about the economic benefits of uniting on a platform for democracy. Um, this was uh, an article published by Visegrad Inside um, that took stock of the Open Eye Summit hosted in Warsaw, where you were moderating a panel. And um, that was at the time just before uh, Biden's Summit for Democracy. You reiterated similar messages at this conference as well. But are businesses listening more closely now, given uh, Russia's war against Ukraine? Well, I wouldn't call them necessarily um, the, the benefits. Uh, I would I would call it more of a risk mitigation. Uh, on one hand, uh, democratic institutions allow for the free market to thrive. Um, so the free market can be free. Only if there are, there is a framework of 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 operating in a in a fair and predictable conditions. Of course, that doesn't exclude certain companies, especially the big ones that we know from from the history of you know the the East India Company, the, the big multinationals of today, that um, oftentimes have been seeking profit beyond the ethical boundaries, uh, even when their services were directly helping autocratic regimes to suppress minority rights um, to to be more effective in 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 fighting off democracy but the lessons are learned i think uh, especially when it comes to small and medium enterprises um, we i was as i mentioned i was in uh, in taiwan um, telling the story of central european uh, businesses that Overall, in, in in Poland, if you look at the statistics, uh, more than fifty percent of which uh, engaged in in support for for uh, Ukrainians and for Ukraine overall uh, to support the supplies to the country and to deliver relief uh, immediately to the refugees who were um, in need of shelter or uh, other types of assistance in Poland. Um, and interestingly, next to 
you know, over 80% of, of which were in, in the in case of big companies, these were more than 80%, which uh, organized different types of donation support and 40% of micro uh, entrepreneurs. So essentially one person, one man or family companies uh, of a micro scale um, were engaged in such activities, which is impressive if you if you think of them as 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 companies that overall um, merely fight for their own survival on everyday basis. They are not they are not often made for profits. They are made for uh, essentially to make any any living. Um, and you and you have forty percent of them getting more a little bit more than forty percent. Uh, engage in such activities that that is that is pretty astonishing but also what i what i would mention is that companies pay attention especially in the more complex systems and environments to the global challenges that we see today that arise from the from uneven competition between autocracies and democracies and on one hand, uh, companies have been complaining for a long time about uh, uneven access to the to the markets of autocrats. Uh, while China has been expanding, it was uh, less uh, engaged uh, in inviting companies to to its own market. Uh, so it has been very protective of its own market, and and clearly uh, benefiting from some of the exports it has provided for the global economy and at the same time by making the global economy so dependent on some of its uh, supply chains um, it 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 has been basically exploiting uh, this imbalance uh, now Czech Republic and Slovakia a few years back already have decided to uh, to support Taiwan and to uh, to take a break from this uh, relationship with China, um, also because it was in line with business strategies of the companies in uh, in those countries that uh, that sought that that cheap production semiconductors um, uh, that were supplied um, through global chains were at risks. Uh, these supplies of, 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 of semiconductors was at, uh, were at, at risk um, by the expansionist uh, and revisionist agenda of, of China. And in order to continue productions uh, in, in Central Europe of these essential elements of, of European uh, economy, um, largely dependent or interdependent with, with the German market, uh, the the necessary element for for uh, the uh, for this line of business and for this line of economy is the supply of the um, of chips of microprocessors uh, which uh, for without which the cars wouldn't wouldn't uh, uh, wouldn't be driving so uh, these these struggles, uh, just like we see, also entrepreneurs getting engaged, especially IT sector, in in support of for for Ukraine in uh, upgrading software, uh, providing uh, high tech uh, solutions related to drones, related to communication and other stuff. Uh, there there is these uh, this, there is this transgression of of businesses 
and business people, entrepreneurs, um, from their daily activities to to the fighter activists uh, who who take more responsible uh, positions uh, towards you know what what is the global order. And I think this is a fascinating story. We're also trying to to follow, and we will be following also with uh, with the upcoming uh, research that we are currently conducting. Thank you, Wojtek. And with that in mind, let's listen in on your conversations with some of the fascinating participants of the conference. Okay, here we are at the conference uh, called Taiwan Czech Ukraine Forum, um, and it's at the sidelines of the world's uh, movement for democracy general assembly that just concluded uh, this week in in Taipei, Taiwan. Um, why do you why do you think that Central Europe should look at Taiwan? Why Central Eastern Europeans must pay attention to the Taiwanese question? Well, just from my personal experience. Uh, 23 years I was Lithuanian diplomat, 16 years I spent to integrate my country to the West. Then I spent a lot of uh, time together with brothers and sisters, Poles, confronting Russia and uh, doing everything possible to extend EU and NATO to Ukraine and similar countries. But just recently, uh, maybe three years ago or so, uh, and also when I was ambassador in Washington DC, and I understood that, okay, this in the region, this is exactly what needs to be done. But if we lose uh, the fight in India Pacific on democracy, if autocracy like China starts dominating Taiwan Straits, it will dominate half of the world. So our life, our existence in Central and Eastern Europe depends whether you have democracy or autocracy ruling uh, uh, the globe. Uh, and if Americans will be focused just on China, and I living and working in Washington, I understood that in, indicates the shift of a bigger attention on the Western coast than on the Eastern. It's just a natural fact that will happen. Uh, so, for me, it was very clear. I have to help my American brothers uh, and other dem democracies of Indo-Pacific to survive. In a way, I am asking Americans uh, to take care of my own security. Just recently, Pentagon made a decision to move a battalion to Lithuania, 500 uh, American soldiers. And this we understood as one of the uh, steps uh, in responding to Chinese sanctions against Lithuania because we supported uh, Taiwan. We named Taiwan Taiwan, not Taipei. We tried to destroy the divisive Chinese communist format 17 plus 1 that detaches us not only from America but from the rest of, of, of uh, the West. And actually in this context, we are not so happy with the official position of uh, Warsaw. Uh, because, uh, well, I remember Lithuania was accused between two world wars that we are destroying Antante. So uh, I would say Poland today is destroying our American transatlantic Antante against autocracies because it's siding with autocracy, with communist autocracy in Beijing. That is kind of surprising knowing the historic role of Poland in destroying communism, at least in our region. 
Okay, now you touched two sensitive points that I want to explore a little bit deeper. First, could you explain, again, the, the Lithuanian perspective to break the 17 plus one? Why it is important and what is the strategy in behind Lithuanian thinking and action? Well, I would say two main arguments. One, of course, political, uh, it's democracy against autocracy. Uh, if we want to rally the West on our direct threat, Russia, we have to share their interest in global arena fighting those autocracies because this is autocracy against democracy and a democracy should prevail and autocracy should fail. This is what Biden is saying and I'm quite happy that finally we have American president who is fighting for democracy. Uh, well, another is just economic. Uh, actually, it was not even this, but previously Lithuanian government that calmly calculated the economic benefits of decade of so-called cooperation inside that format. And that was complete, uh, uh, actually, win for China and lose for Lithuania. Uh, it was huge budget deficit. Chinese were not opening at all markets for us. Uh, they were grabbing our strategic sectors. Uh, they were willing to grab our only port uh, that it would be so much important in Article 5 uh, 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 accident. Uh, uh, they were willing to grab our railway, our fintech, uh, our energy infrastructure. And by the way, uh, they are building together with the Russians uh, uh, kind of uh, Rosatom reactors just 30 kilometers from Vilnius and that are very, very close to Polish territory and very, very close to the territory where Polish minorities living. And because uh, Chinese are financing together with the Russians that plant, they built three industrial parks around that plant uh, to, to kill our industries and to kill our synchronization uh, of the Baltic states with Poland uh, to keep us in Russian hands. So uh, I always knew, uh, I remember Mr. Naimski, who is still very important in Poland. I remember when he made first deals on uh, energy bridges to Poland and what's happening right now. So Poland is standing with our strategic enemies? Well, of course not. Uh, I hope not, uh, but it would be very good that you help us to create a united 27 plus one at least format, because I think you hate when German chancellor and French president is going to kiss the ring oxy, like you hate, uh, hated uh, uh, the dialogue of this region, uh, of, this, of those countries with Putin, building Nord Stream. So is it not the same? It is the same. So if you accuse Germans and French of betraying our interests, what do you do with our European interests in, with regard to China? I cannot say I disagree. I would ask uh, the following question, a follow-up. So in the, in the eyes of Lithuania, looking at the region of Central Europe, uh, does, it, uh, does this position of Poland uh, undermine uh, the cooperations that we have uh, regarding the Three Seas Initiative or the, I don't know, Visegrad Plus uh, cooperation? What's your view on that? Yes, I think it helps China to divide and rule us, uh, like Russia was doing. On Russia, we are okay. We are united. We fight for Ukrainian 
uh, survival and I, I hope Poland will help, help us to fight for Ukrainian NATO membership in Vilnius NATO summit that is approaching. Uh, but on China, we also have to stand together and also stand together economically because at least what is Lithuanian economic interest. So uh, we want to get rid of that slavery in, in the hands of China and actually to build a very high tech chains together with Taiwan on ships, including. I really hope that in November we will already announce first uh, Taiwanese investments into Lithuanian high tech industries. Uh, because those are industries of freedom. Uh, because what is the main lesson what we learned uh, from war in Ukraine? And I will now cite the German big green leader, Reinhard Butikofer, who called me in the beginning of the war and said, Jig is sorry, we made a lot of mistakes. We were not listening to you. And we have to decouple from autocracies. So decouple, it means decoupling our economies. Because how do they rule us? First of all, through economies. They take, they make us dependent. They, and usually, according to statistics, if Chinese investment, Chinese communist investment is going up to 10% of your economy, it paralyzes your political will. We turn to Hungary's of today. Do you want to be Hungary of today that always votes against sanctions? Uh, uh, Russia that is still didn't ratify uh, the NATO enlargement to Sweden. With, I don't want to be Hungary. I want to be Czech Republic. I want to be uh, Poland uh, of Solidarność, uh, who is fighting for freedom and democracy and who is killing completely the autocratic viruses, at least in our region, and creates Europe whole and free. That is, I would say, uh, old Lithuanian Polish idea for centuries in this region. Okay, my name is Yi Chun Lai, I'm the president of Prospect Foundation Taiwan. Let me ask you, in the context of this conference, we have heard um, that there is on one side uh, an ambition maybe, on one side voiced by Mr. Putin of Russia, but also um, colleagues who are fighting for democracy, that there will be a global change, global reshufflement coming. Um, and in this sense, we can diminish the authoritarian powers or totalitarian powers. Do you believe uh, this is really an achievable goal or it's better to maintain status quo? I think right now that uh, we do see the authoritarian state like China, Russia, uh, Iran, North Korea, probably others, they start to stick together and uh, work as a bug. Uh, and we can see that from the China-Russia strategic alliances and how the China is responding to Russia's need, as well as Iran's. So that uh, right now the, uh, the, the world is actually uh, goes through the division of the democracy versus the authoritarian uh, as a two blocks. And the struggle become more clear. So it is, I think it is achievable uh, right now uh, for eliminating the kind of autocracies that the world right, uh, we are witnessing. Because the, uh, uh, the struggle becomes very clear, and also Russia right now is actually losing. And China is no longer as strong as it was before. And uh, all they demonstrate about the recent aggression is because they are so fearful about the future. And so it is they are acting on uh, as a result of the fear rather than as a result of confidence. Thank you. We see that Taiwan starts to look into Central Eastern European affairs. It has donated over $30 million to support Ukrainians. 
It invests $2 million in uh, people in need, uh, democracy assistance organization. It creates different funds and cooperation with other Central European states. Now, that all seems to be in the context of the war in Ukraine. So why Taiwan looks at the Ukrainian experience? What, what is so particular that Taiwan may gain from this experience in Ukraine? I think there are two reasons. One of them is because of the value. Uh, we saw the Ukraine, the war in Ukraine by Russia is a typical case of the authoritarian uh, wanting to annex uh, a, a country vying for democracies. Uh, and the exact reason that Ukraine got invaded Precisely because they do not want to listen to they just they do not want to listen to what Russia wanted to do, and they wanted to work with democracy and work for a different value for the liberal international order. And Russia see that as a threat, so Russia decided to invade in order pre, to prevent uh, Ukraine from uh, turning into a democracy. And so Taiwan look at this, uh, we are similar, we look at it as uh, found out there great similarity. Uh, between the reason that China wants to uh, annex Taiwan, precisely the reason that Ch uh, Russia wants to annex uh, the Ukraine. So that's the first thing. Second thing is that the Russia-China uh, strategic alliances also makes it uh, in the international uh, realistic uh, the calculation that uh, the struggle for the Ukraine is actually uh, a struggle for Taiwan as well. Because the kind of the authoritarian alliances makes it that the, the, uh, the, the Russian advances will encourage Chinese advances on Taiwan. And the weakening of Russia will deter China from uh, its uh, aggression against Taiwan. So there, there we do see that kind of linkage. Thank you. Um, my last question concerns Taiwanese society. Um, most of the activists and civil society that I've been meeting are um, good-hearted, fighting for democracy, and they're not very militarized. They're not very, uh, let's say, uh, they, you wouldn't say they're decisive about their commitment to a military fight, which is, which is a big step beyond what they're doing currently. What is your, what is your assessment, uh, your guess, and your gut feeling, perhaps, about Taiwanese society? Would they rather submit if there was a Chinese annexation invasion? Or would they fight back? According to all the opinion, Paul, and about the, the, the what Taiwan will do uh, in the case of the Chinese uh, aggression, I think the uh, most opinion, Paul, uh, found out that uh, over 70, even some of the 80% of the people responded, they're going to fight. They're going to, they're not going to surrender Taiwan to the Chinese aggression. Uh, and right now, the whole society uh, hadn't really been militarized because in a sense that they do not know how. And especially, uh, how the society will work uh, under a militarized resistance uh, state and against the aggression. Uh, the people are, haven't been able to visualize uh, the kind of the situation they have to be in and how to prepare for that. So that the Ukraine uh, experience and uh, the uh, examples uh, will actually show the people about how to cope with those, uh, the uh, reality uh, when they are doing the resistance. I think it is uh, until uh, the people realize what they can do so that they will know uh, the kind of the uh, militarized way of life uh, could be, and then they will do it. So this is my sense about the other uh, uh, Taiwanese people. They just want, they just need some uh, pattern or the role model so that they can follow.
and uh, Ukraine so that we look at the Ukraine experience uh, as a very valuable lesson. Oh, 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 oh,